What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. I appreciate everyone who's been tuning in for my podcast as well as my live sessions on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and follow at English Encore Podcast, all one word, on Instagram. If you help me gain some more followers, I'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. I just showed on my story a few days ago my giveaway winners receiving their jersey as well as their um, items they picked from fanatics.com. I'll be doing another giveaway in a few short weeks here after I make a big announcement in approximately two weeks. I will be having a live session. Um, it's going to be next week, Wednesday, um, which is going to be the 16th. I'm going to be having potentially two guests, one for sure. I'm still checking the time with the second guest. I'll be announcing who that's going to be this Sunday, so stay tuned for that. Today, I'm going to be talking about NBA and their playoff matchups after everything is finally all squared and done after yesterday. Talking about the NHL draft lottery and the playoffs going on right now. And to start off today's show, I'm going to be talking about some MLB going through what three teams I've thought have overachieved so far and what three have underachieved so far. So starting off with that, we'll start with the teams that have underachieved. Um, The Washington Nationals, the defending champions, so far they have very much underachieved. Trey Turner's only batting .233. And the biggest problem I think so far with Washington is their pitching. Their pitching hasn't been as strong as it was in the playoffs last year when they did win the World Series. Their third pitcher, Anibal Sanchez, is currently 0-3 with a 9.69 ERA. So the Nationals are very much struggling on the mound, and their hitting isn't off to a great start. I think they will eventually get going and rebound, but right now um, the Nationals are not in great position. The Astros, um, kind of karma here, but they're 8-10 and 10 right now, not playing well at all. Jose Altuve is batting a whopping 187. Um, Bregman's only batting 250, and Verlander's most likely going to be out for the season after he gave them one good start. So the Astros are dealing with some injury issues. Um, they've already gotten into a few altercations with teams after the whole cheating scandal. You, you can tell that other teams are still not over the whole thing. Um, you can tell Altuve's feeling the effects of it for sure at the plate. Um, the other day he tried to lay down a bunt and it hit the bat twice, so he was called out. Just kind of how things are going for him right now. I think a lot more players would have more respect if guys like Altuve and other players came out and just openly admitted to cheating instead of declining it after you know the owner stuff admitted that they were you know stealing signs or whatever you want to call it. Um, but they're definitely struggling right now, and I don't know if it's going to turn around for them. Especially with Verlander being out, that's just another pitcher that they have to insert into their lineup and expect production from. Especially in a shortened season, you know, the Astros are going to have a uphill battle to really um, make the playoffs, especially when everyone else in their division so far is actually playing fairly well. And then the Angels are the other team. This is a team that I talked about um, before the 60-game season started. That they, If this is a team that got hot, they can make a deep run just because of the star power they have with Mike Trout. And right now, you can't blame Mike Trout for any of their struggles. They're 7-12 right now, so they still have plenty of time to rebound. But when you really think about it, 7-12, and 12, so you've already played almost 20 games. So you're almost a third of the way through the season already. So you have to get things turned around quick. Mike Trout's got 8 home runs, 16 RBIs. 
and is batting 328. But Albert Pujols, Upton, Rendon are all batting below 200. That's something that definitely has to change. Their pitching actually hasn't been terrible thus far. Um, but if the Angels want to go anywhere, they have to have those other three guys start swinging the bats well. Um, some teams that have overachieved so far, let's talk about the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are a team that last year was the laughing stock of the MLB. Um, you know, this is a team that just a few years ago was almost in the World Series with guys like Adam Jones, Chris Davis, Manny Machado, Weeders, all these guys. They pretty much let all of those guys go except for Chris Davis, who had one of the worst seasons in MLB history last year, struck out so many times. I believe he actually struck out um, MLB record for the most times. Um, a guy that clearly probably was using steroids considering he was batting almost 40 home runs in each year and over the past few years he's barely been able to hit 20 um but so far you know Hanser Alberto is batting 351 for them a great young player and then Anthony uh, Sandlander is batting has four home runs and 19 RBIs on the season so good start for the Orioles um the Tigers are another team um, some people won't be that shocked, but I actually didn't think they were going to be that good this year. But starting off 9-7, and seven, obviously not that much over 500, but a good start for them. Um, Jonathan Scope, Jacoby Jones, both batting well for them. And Spencer Turnbull, Turnbull excuse me, is 2-0 and o for them on the mound. He's pitching very well this year. I think that's the big reason why the Tigers have been successful thus far, is that their pitchers um, have been great. Um, the relief pitching's been a little bit iffy at times. I think that's why they don't have a better record and why they don't have, um, you know, 11-5 and five record or something along those lines because the relievers have blown a few games. But I definitely think the Tigers have a chance at competing for a wild card spot for the playoffs this year. And then finally, the Athletics being led by the Matt Bros. you got Matt Chapman and Matt Olson combined 12 home runs and 29 RBIs to start the season. They're Three starting pitchers at the top of the rotation are five and two, so they're just getting all around good play. Um, another team that could have a little bit higher of a record, but um, so far they're doing very well. And I actually expect the Athletics to potentially win that division and make somewhat of a run in the playoffs, especially if Olsen and Chapman can continue at this pace, hitting the ball well. We all know outfielder Chris Davis will eventually start coming around. Um, their pitching, if it continues to stay solid, they'll definitely have a chance, especially with the shortened season, as I mentioned, to compete, um, especially in the AL, where I think it's a little bit of a weaker um, or league. Excuse me. Um, moving on to the NHL draft and playoffs. So thank God for me as a Sabres fan, but thank God for a lot of NHL fans um, across the world because the New York Rangers end up winning the lottery. Um, despite some controversy, so they get the winner of the Alex Lafreniere sweepstakes. Um, I know some people are mad that the Rangers won it because they had the number two pick last year and got Kako. But um, for me personally, I think a lot of people were happy that the Leafs, Edmonton, and Pittsburgh did not win it. Um, the Leafs and Penguins, kind of from the perspective of they already have a lot of talent. Um, you know, Toronto's got Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Marner. Um, already a ton of guys that they should be winning more games and winning playoff series with the guys that they have. The Penguins, it's kind of like they're almost dying out with Crosby and Malkin, Gensel. Um, you wonder how much more time they have to make a cup run, and now they're going to get handed this guy, which luckily they didn't. And then, obviously, with Edmonton, no one wanted them to get it because they've already had four or five first overall picks 
in the last 10 years. So they definitely deserve it. I thought, obviously, a team like Minnesota, Winnipeg um, was more deserving. But, you know, I was definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, um, not too mad that the Rangers won it. Um, they're going to get a great player um, in Lafayette. Um, looking at the playoff series right now, there's a lot of crazy games going on. Um, I can't stand Mike Milbury on NBC just because you've seen so far in these first round of the playoffs that you have all these games going to double, triple, and in the case of uh, Tampa and Columbus, they went to five overtimes before the game finally ended. And he was saying how they need to shorten it, make it three on three, or go to a shootout or something to end the games quicker. Like, are you crazy? The NHL playoffs, in my opinion, is by far the greatest playoffs in all of the four big four sports teams among NBA, MLB, and the NFL. Um, it's just so fun to watch. Even without fans, um, I'm still getting really into the games. I think a lot of people are too. But to try to end those games early just because you have to work around some timing issues, like, come on, you're depriving the fans of you know great entertainment there's already no fans of the games as is and now you wanted to say take more hockey away um i don't know how mike miller is still on tv to be quite honest with you because everyone was bashing him on social media including other nhl analysts um the hurricanes bruin series has been great so far um rob brindamore um got a fine because of a second period um dispute for a goal that definitely should not have counted for the bruins um, the wording of how the NFL or NHL referees said why it was a goal was completely contradictory, saying that, you know, Mrazek had the puck covered, but it wasn't long enough for the whistle, so on and so forth. Um, so definitely good for Brynmore to step up for his team and take that suspension, or not suspension, the fine, excuse me. Um, Colorado and the Flyers are both extremely hot right now. Colorado just dominated the other night. They scored three goals in a very, very short span. Um, the Flyers had a great game against the Canadians, but Carter Hart has been stealing the show in goal. Um, Columbus and Tampa is now tied 1-1. One to one. Um, I know I briefly touched upon that after they had the five-overtime game, but Columbus came out in game two, beats Tampa 3-1. to one. It's just something about the way Columbus plays that gives Tampa problems. That's definitely the last team I think Tampa wanted to see. This is the type of series where I think if Tampa can win the series and get over that hump of the Blue Jackets, that they could go on and win the Stanley Cup. But um, if they can't get over that, I don't know what they're going to do going forward. I feel like they just keep running into a team that they struggle against for some reason. I do think that there are some other interesting series going on. I thought the Chicago and Vegas series were going to be a little more interesting, even to the point where I thought Chicago could potentially win. But so far, Vegas has done a very nice job. And they've beaten them and taken a two games to zero lead. However, like I said, I think Colorado is the team to beat in the Western Conference. Vancouver had a kind of surprising first win against the uh, St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Calgary's actually playing very well, um, too, in the West. And then in the East, I don't think it'd be shocked, uh, a shocker for anyone if you know Boston goes on to get into the Stanley Cup. Like I said, I really like the way Philadelphia is playing. Same thing with Carolina. Um, I don't think the Canadians are a real threat at all. Um, Columbus, just because of their play style, I think it'd be a threat to anyone. Um, they got depth one through four, and they're getting outstanding goaltending right now. Um, so definitely a very fun playoff so far. 
Um, NHL draft letter. I still think it's something they need to fix. A little bit of the controversy with the Rangers was, you know, Gary Batman was supposed to be getting all of um, the teams beforehand, and then they accidentally dropped the Rangers ball into the little, you know, spinner thing, and then they pulled it back out, and it was the Rangers getting the first pick. So there's controversy around that. So for everyone that thinks the NHL draft letter is rigged, you can go out and there's your, you know, story of why you think it is. Um, all those people out there with their theories and whatnot. Um, moving on finally to the NBA. So after last night's thriller of a game between the Portland Trailblazers and the Brooklyn Nets, where the Blazers held on to win the game, the playoffs are now officially set. So in the Eastern Conference, we have the Milwaukee Bucks going up against the Orlando Magic, the Raptors versus the Nets, Celtics 76ers, Heat Pacers. In the West, we have the Lakers versus the winner of the Blazers-Grizzlies play-in. So currently, the Blazers, with that win last night, knocked out the um, Phoenix Suns, who, by the way, incredible 8-0, very bright future. If it wasn't for Damian Lillard, Devin Booker would be the MVP of the bubble thus far. Um, Aiton had a very nice playoffs as well for them, trying to, or excuse me, bubble for them. Definitely a very good up-and-coming team. Monty Williams deserves a ton of credit for the way he coached them. Uh, Spurs' 22-year uh, playoffs streak is now officially over, but I think Greg Popovich has to be happy with how his team uh, progressed for how young they are. I'm interested to see once Popovich does retire if Becky Hammond or if Tim Duncan gets that head coaching job. But So the Grizzlies and Blazers are going to be doing a play-in game. So the way that works is... If the Blazers beat the Grizzlies in one game, then they will be facing the Lakers in the first round. However, if the Grizzlies win the first game, there will be a second game. The Grizzlies have to beat the Blazers twice in a row to take that eighth and final spot. Um, many of you know I've already talked about it. I think the Blazers will beat the Lakers in seven games if they can get that spot. And the way Damian Lillard is playing unconscious, um, I think you have to give them a fighters chance to win that series and get in you have clippers first mavericks what i think maverick excuse me i think which is a very intriguing series nuggets jazz and oklahoma city houston um so the west is definitely a lot more stacked and the games i think are gonna be a lot more intriguing when you look over at the eastern conference the bucks magic and raptors nets i think are both going to be blowout series to be completely honest with you i don't think i think it could be a 4-1 or 4-0 um, I will say I think the Nets are going to give the Raptors a little bit more fight than the Magic will to the Bucks. Um, Celtics 76ers will be a little bit interesting just because Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris are fully capable of getting a few wins for them. But with no Ben Simmons and, you know, Embiid is a little bit, you know, shaken up with an ankle injury, um, I think the Celtics are definitely going to win that series, whether it's Kemba or Jason Tatum going off. Um, they're just a more deep team and have a bunch of great defenders. The Heat Pacers, to me, um, is the most intriguing East matchup in the first round. It's not even because I'm a Heat fan. It's because of the T.J. Warren-Jimmy Butler drama. Not to mention T.J. Warren has been playing incredible um, in the bubble thus far. The Heat have been very deep on their bench. Tyler Hero has been playing well off the bench, averaging almost 21 points per game. Uh, Iguodala is finding his rhythm. Jay Crowder is playing extremely well with Dragic and Jimmy Butler back now fully healthy. Um, the Heat are definitely a threat in the Eastern Conference. Looking at the West, Oklahoma City versus Houston is very intriguing just because you have Chris Paul going against his former team that kind of gave up on him. 
everyone at the beginning of the year um, said that OKC was was going to be nothing. That you know, trading away Westbrook and Paul George, and you know, they end up being a team that's very much a threat in the West Conference. They're the hottest team to me in the NBA right now, outside of the Suns, as I talked about before. But Gallinari stroking the ball very well. Adams and Chris Paul are playing off or well off one another with a pick and roll. Shea Gilders Alexander continues to ascend. Um, the Nuggets Jazz series, I think, could be very intriguing as well. We saw them going back and forth at it the other night. Donovan Mitchell and no, excuse me, Jokic were going at it. The big key for that series to me is going to be Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr.'s development. He's been playing very well in the bubble, but hasn't really gotten those minutes um, consistently throughout the regular season. So we have to see how he's going to do come this playoff time. I think Clippers Mavericks is actually the most intriguing series of the whole. Um, playoffs in the first round because you got Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis going up against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, to be that series is going to be coming down to bench play. So for the Mavericks, you know, the Seth Currys of the world, they're going to have to step up and compete with, you know, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell once he becomes healthy, um, I think is going to decide that. And as I mentioned before, um, if the Blazers can get in versus the Lakers, I truly think that they can beat the Lakers in a seven-game series solely because the Lakers have been struggling very much from three right now and aren't able to score as willingly as the Blazers are. The Blazers have no problem scoring. They can get over 100 easy on anyone. Um, as I mentioned a few episodes ago, you know, Paul George and Patrick Beverly did not want to wake up Damian Lillard, and they did that, you know, since then he's dropped 60, 50, couple 40 point games and put the Blazers on his back um, I can tell you right now the Lakers do not want to be seeing the Blazers in the first round at all there's no guards on the Blazers or excuse me on the Lakers that can guard McCollum and Lillard you know Contavious Caldwell Pope and Danny Green are both capable defenders but they're not gonna be able to slow those guys down um, guys like Caruso Quinn Cook even though they're okay role players off the bench I don't think they're gonna do enough um, to really propel the Lakers. Um, the bench is definitely going to be interesting for the Blazers because I think that's going to be a key for them if they want to win this series. Guys like Whiteside, Gary Trent Jr., Mario Hazonia, um, Zach Collins are all going to be huge um, factors. And obviously Carmelo Anthony needs to be that third guy. But when you look at the Lakers bench, they're not that deep there either. Whether it's Caruso, um, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, Dwight Howard, however you want to put it. Um, it's not like that they're very stacked on their bench, and neither are the Blazers. I actually would give the Blazers bench the edge. And, um, you know, no one on the Blazers is going to stop, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But with Whiteside, Collins, Nurkic, all these guys being able to clog up the paint, um, it's definitely going to make it a lot tougher. To me, you double-team Davis and LeBron every single time until – the Lakers show you that they can consistently hit threes. Um, I really wouldn't worry about it. D or Danny Green and J.R. Smith are both very capable of getting hot, so you have to be careful if you're the Blazers. Um, but the big key, as we saw yesterday, is if the Blazers can't get offensive or can't get defensive rebounds and allow a lot of offensive rebounds like they did to Jared Allen, Karis Lovert, Kuroots, all those guys yesterday, they will be in trouble against Davis and LeBron because those guys are on a different level. Um, and the Lakers better just hope that Dame cools off because if he doesn't, they're very much in jeopardy of going out in the first round. 
Um, they've just been very playing very sluggish lately. And for Nurkic and Collins and Whiteside, they just have to avoid getting in foul trouble early. They've been getting two, three fouls um, in the first half almost every single game. They have to avoid that if they want to make this a series. But overall, all the NBA matchups are going to be great. Right now, for the West, I think the Clippers are definitely in the best position if they can get by the Mavericks to win the NBA title. For the East, um, I actually like the way the Raptors have been playing. Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry have really... Um, exceeded my expectations this year. The Bucks and Giannis always have a fighting chance. Um, I've always been high on my Miami Heat just because of the way they match up against teams like um, the Bucks and the Celtics. The Raptors continually give the Heat trouble though, so I think the Heat definitely do not want to be seeing them. Um, and the Celtics, I think, are the biggest wild card because they have so many stars, whether it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. Um, former all-star Gordon Hayward, who looks like he's finally found his form. Um, a lot of great defensive players, Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice, Semi Ojale, um, guys that just get after it. And Brad Stevens, obviously a great head coach. So this NBA playoffs can be very intriguing, but that's going to do it for today's episode. Everyone appreciate you all for tuning in. Please go give at English Encore podcast a follow on Instagram. I'll be back on Monday. Um, with another podcast, a lot of things going on in Buffalo with the Bills and the Sabres. Um, you know, the Royal Blue Jerseys were finally dropped, so I'll be talking about those. Sean McDermott, Deion Dawkins, both getting contract extensions, talking about who's going to be next and when Brandon Bean will get his. And the Blue Jays are finally playing in Buffalo, so we'll be touching that all on Monday. Keep an eye out uh, Sunday afternoon in a few days for my live session guest for Wednesday next week. Thank you all again for the support. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.